the Action Network podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. And this is your NFL Week 8 betting preview. We're going to talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, survivor picks, underdog money lines, and, of course, crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread Bets. With the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. Stuck, what's going on? Uh, nice week for you. Thanks for the carry. Yeah, Raven's reputation remains <laughs> intact. I had chirpers all week. The Lions chirpers calling me a homer, uh, calling me, I don't know this defense, telling me about how good Alex Anzalone and Sutton <laughs> are. Big bet for me, and that was about as sweat-free and as enjoyable as any NFL bet has ever been. Prior. I mean, it was it was 35 nothing. That was nice. So we move on. Yeah, man. And I'll, we'll talk about the Ravens because it's that that AFC North is heating up. The worst team is the Bengals and they're three and three. But I we will get into our Thursday night football preview. I just want to remind everyone that the NBA season has officially tipped off. So if you like betting the association, be sure to check out Buckets, Action Network's basketball betting podcast with new episodes every single weekday this NBA season. That name again is Buckets, available wherever you like to listen. All right, let's get into Thursday night football week eight. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday Night Football. So we got the Tampa Bay Bucks who, ah, man, that was a frustrating game having having the Bucks. You know, Ritter was rittering. I mean, couldn't have gotten more breaks and still couldn't capitalize on offense. Uh, now you go to Buffalo. The line is eight and a half in favor of the Bills. The total is 43. So we do have one of these games with a pretty large spread and a low total that usually signifies, uh, you know, lean toward the dog, but definitely don't want to weigh uh, the points here stuck. Uh, I know you kind of lean toward a a teaser. Is that the only thing you're really feeling for this uh, spot? I'm pretty close to the market here. The Bills are still, I mean, I faded the Bills on the show three weeks in a row. They're still on my fade watch list. But not on Thursday night with a pretty good matchup. You know, I kind of think that I hope that they actually blow out the Bucks for maybe potential fade value in, in the future, uh, in these future weeks until McDermott makes the necessary adjustment. Maybe they go out and get somebody else on, on to add to that defense. Because, look, you could already run on Buffalo, and now they have coverage holes. I mean, I, I just can't stress enough how important losing Milano, White, and Daquan Jones. Daquan Jones is playing at all pro level. Matt Milano's, it's really hard to quantify how important he he is to that defense and then you have a shutdown corner when you have that provides so much flexibility to your defense additionally it's not just losing those guys it's a drop-off it's a drop-off to Kyrie Elam it's bringing in you know a rookie getting more defensive snaps it's more Tim Settle Puna Ford like massive drop-off for 
to the replacements. But I don't know if the Bucs can necessarily capitalize. The Bucs can't run the ball. Uh, arguably the worst rush offense in the NFL. So they're not going to take advantage of Buffalo in that aspect. And Buffalo, even with the injuries, they can still generate some pressure without blitzing. That's the kryptonite for Baker Mayfield. That's essentially how you turn him into a pumpkin. So it's a pretty good matchup for Buffalo. The offense is still just a little off, but uh, I expect it. And, and Tampa is a, a decent defense, but I, I expect the Buffalo offense to be ultimately fine. But just to illustrate what I'm talking about with that defense, Bills, you know, pro- coming into the season, projected to have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Weeks one through four, if you just go by DVOA, second in the league. Weeks five through seven, past three weeks, um, against the Patriots, Giants, and Jags, after those injuries, 28th. So they've fallen from second to 28th over those two different sample sizes after those injuries. Uh, so not a team that I'm looking to lay eight and a half with right now, especially on Thursday night. Probably want to keep like health a concern too with all these injuries and you got Cincy on deck and a long week. I bet McDermott's probably really looking forward to that because he's gone from like, London back home, you know, then the Giants and the pa- Patriots and he had a short week. And I'm sure he wants to take some time to make some adjustments with this defense and figure some things out, which he really hasn't had time to do with this schedule of late. So I don't know if the Bills will necessarily have interest in running this up, um, but I, I can't bet I can't bat back the Bucks here based on the matchup. So I think really the only prudent bet, if you're looking to get some action down, keep an eye out on the yeah, award-winning action over gap for some props that will come, uh, especially from Kerner. But uh, if you're looking for just action from a side or total perspective, I think teasing Buffalo down from eight and a half to two and a half is a pretty good bet. And there's a, there's a number of teaser options to pair them pair them with that we'll talk about later in the show. Yeah, for what it's worth, Thursday night favorites that have opened above a touchdown and haven't dropped below a touchdown, so open seven and a half or more and don't fall below seven, uh, 39 and 19 against the spread, 67%. So we've talked about this before. Usually on a short week, the superior team, is going to have an edge, especially when you're at home. But uh, eight and a half, still a lot of points. Buffalo, not in great form, as you mentioned, at defense. So, uh, yeah, I think the tease is the best uh, best option here. All right, let's get right into the main event. The week number eight, Sunday six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. All right, great week for you, Stuck. Not so good for me. Uh, I'm still up 27-25, but should be a good uh, good race this year. Uh, and you are up first. Where are you going? For my first pick of the week eight Sunday six-pack, I'm going to go with my New England Patriots, plus nine and a half. Look. We can, I can confidently say the Patriots, but I kind of had to hide them last week as my third pick uh, to keep people listening to the show. But they get home outright. I loved some of the things that I saw. I talked about it last week that this team wasn't as bad as they appeared. Extremely unlucky when it came to turnovers, field goals, fumbles, like you name it. Most importantly, their offensive line has been a complete disaster because of injuries. Like if you look at, I talked about this last week, if you look at pass blocking metrics, they had like five or six guys that were ranked 
you know, in the bottom 10 among like 200 offensive linemen. They were playing some of those guys all at once. Last week, didn't have to do that. The offensive line was significantly better. They only, Mac Jones was only sacked once, hit two other times against the Bills. 21% pressure rate. That's it. Offensive line was great. Why? Cole Strange back healthy for the first time in the interior. It's not just about the guys you're getting back. These aren't all pros. It's the the guys that they had in there were horrifying. You also they also kicked out Unwenu to right tackle, and that went extremely well. Not only because he played well, but you cannot have um, the Darian Lowe and Calvin Anderson playing tackle on an NFL roster in 2023. They are horrifying. Coming into last week, the Patriots had a I think a 27 grade total with their backups playing right tackle. So they kicked out on Wenu. Um, and on the other side, Trent Brown's playing really well. One of the best left tackles in the NFL, if you just go by some grading metrics. So now they have an actual competent offensive line. City so, you can like hide them in there too between you know, a couple all pros. And the offensive line looked great. Also, Bill O'Brien made some key adjustments. A lot, of, lot more short passes, get the ball out quick, and put Mac Jones under center some more. They were able to get the run game going, which they should be able to do against Miami. And the whole operation, you know, getting Demario Douglas back, and Kendrick Bourne's playing well. The whole operation just looked better, and it starts with that offensive line. Because once the offensive line is cratered, Mac Jones turns into a pumpkin. He's not the most mobile guy. His footwork falls off. So this offense actually looked fairly competent. Look, I mean, there's a ton of motion, 74% motion rate, a lot of ghost motion. Mac Jones, 7 of 8, 95 yards off play action after getting that running game going. So everything looked so much better. I don't think the market is properly accounting for, even with that upset win, the Patriots' improvements on offense that I saw last week from a play-calling perspective and, most importantly, along the offensive line. And then, you know, some healthier guys at the skill position. Defense. Still going to show up. It's not an elite Belichick unit, but they showed already that they can slow down this Miami offense earlier in the season. I would expect a similar game plan. You know, they're going to have to play a ball control offense. There's also a lot of wins here. There are heavy, heavy wins projected, which obviously favors the Patriots and their short passing attack and wanting to run the ball. And might I think it would it would harm the Miami who wants to throw more downfield, you know, and, and Miami's offense is decimated by injuries. Your Armstead hit IR. Isaiah Wynn hit the IR. Connor Williams still dealing with an injury. I think Waddle practice today. He's dealing with back issues. You never know when they can flare up. So the offense isn't fully healthy right now. So I, I think this is too many points. I think the Patriots can build on that effort last week, run the ball. And this is still a bad Miami defense. I love what I saw from New England after really digging into what was going on. And I think it's sustainable. Uh, it's not going to be a great offense, but they can actually just like control the clock and move it efficiently. But I'm going to wait to see if more Miami money comes in. Kind of in a dead range here, so it's worth waiting to see if the 10 pops. If not, I'll still be on the Patriots at plus nine and a half. Yeah, a lot of changes for that New England offense. Uh, one thing I don't think uh, should go under talked about either is Demario Douglas coming back just because Parker was down to like a 50% snap rate. And yep. I feel like the less you, 17 you have snaps, to re- I think is all he got. 
Yeah, the less you have to rely on Devontae Parker to catch the football and move the chains and generate offense, I think the better. You start getting to this point in the season and you start, you know, certain teams are hitting their stride and certain teams are kind of running into little bumps. I think the Patriots are hitting their stride. Teams like Buffalo, uh, Miami, might be, you know, San Francisco might be running into some some bumps. That is a good segue for my first pick the second overall of the week eight Sunday six pack. So as we're recording this, it looks like Brock Purdy has just entered the concussion protocol. But with my first pick, the second overall of the week eight Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half against the San Francisco 49ers. Loved it at five and a half uh, as well. But Purdy Definitely worth uh, at least two points. Uh, I have worth more than that uh, to spread over Sam Darnold. So uh, this is now a great spot for the Bengals coming off a bye. Luana Rumo, excellent schemer. You're still going to be without Debo Samuel as well. And quarterbacks in the concussion protocol, really any player in the concussion protocol, when you go in on a two on a Wednesday, uh, you know Tuesday or Wednesday middle week you almost never play. I think the last time it happened was uh, early last year, but really, especially since Tua, you're not really seeing these guys play. So we, we talked about this matchup when the Niners were still rolling and undefeated. And you know, we were saying, hey, if there's a spot where we might want to fade the Niners, it's with the Bengals. And now, you know, the Niners are banged up. They're still not going to have Debo Samuel, which is significant because the Bengals do like to blitz. They blitz at a top 10 rate. Uh, they get pressure at a top 10 rate as well. But Debo is their top option against the Blitz. And we've seen this offense, you know, these last couple of weeks, not really, like the pass offense is not exactly the same because Debo, even when he's just a decoy, uh, means so much. The off- offensive line could be banged up if, if if Williams is out. That's a big loss right there. Without Williams, that offensive line is bad. Yeah. Like he, yeah. It's not that, a great line as yeah. it is. Right. So... Uh, but either way, you know, a fully healthy Niners team, I would still take the Bengals in this spot because number one, they're a really hard team, I think, to handicap numbers wise at this point because you almost have to throw away a lot of of the, the of their passing game early in the year. I mean, Joe Burrow didn't crack six yards in attempt until week five, and obviously hurt. Um, but it still wasn't everything wasn't clicking on all cylinders. So I do think the buy came at the right time. And I like coming out of the bye. You're, you're gonna be, you're gonna get a, a great effort. You're in last place in the division, uh, so you definitely need this game, even though it's an interconference game. I love Lou Anarumo, their, their defensive coordinator, and with an extra week to prepare, you know this Niner team. They were running up thirty on everyone last couple of weeks. They've hit some snags. You know, even if they get Williams back, still no Debo. Still kind of you know short week. Bengals on long, you know on off the bye, so that favors the Bengals, but. Anarumo, one of the best schemers. So with an extra extra week to prepare for this game, especially seeing, you know, some some finally seeing some weaknesses for the first time in almost a year with Purdy at the helm, I think you're gonna get a great game plan from Anarumo. Remember, he is the same guy who, you know, held the Chiefs to twenty-four last year, uh twenty-three in the in the playoffs. Uh 
got got past them in the AFC Championship game the year before that. Uh, good game point against the Bills last year in the playoffs. So this is that this is this team is known for uh, great defensive game plans, and this is you know I, I know Burrow hasn't looked good so far this year. I think the bye will do wonders. You started to see some of the movement, uh, the pocket movement come back pre bye and now he you know had that two weeks to rest. But I, I think this is one of the few offenses that if you need to score with San Francisco, they can. If you need to go down the field methodically, they can. If you need an explosive play, they have. That's the thing that's been missing from this offense. But they're certainly capable of it. And now that you got Burrow healthier, you got Higgins. They really even have Higgins has been in and out too. So Higgins got a chance to rest up. So you should get full complement of snaps from Higgins, Chase, uh, Boyd. They get enough pressure. 49ers not quite at full strength. Definitely beat up. Not the same team that was just rolling on everybody definitely beatable and vulnerable and we don't even need the Bengals to win this game we just need them to keep it you know to a field goal or you know four or five points here and Joe Burrow 16 and 7 70 percent against the spread as an underdog in his career covering by an average of 4.4 points a game when he's an underdog by three or more 14 and 2 against the spread. 88% is Burrow, covering by nearly six points a game. So this is what the Bengals do. I think you're finally going to see the Bengals we got so accustomed to over the last couple of years. Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half at the Niners. Yeah, I like this as well. And we, we not only do we know that Burrow was not healthy, and if you look at the timeline of that injury with the bye week, he should be close to 100% now. We also have history three seasons now. So two previous seasons when Burrow missed time leading right up to the season and he got off to a really slow start and then he started to get rolling right around this time. You know, once he gets his timing and rhythm down, you know, thrown an injury. Additionally, this year, it makes sense that this Bengals offense will really start to get going. I think Burrow is like 70% against the spread from week seven on. And a lot of that's because the Bengals start to get some market value if they're starting slow and then their offense really ramps up. You know, you have extra time to prepare for this game, getting healthier. San Francisco not getting healthier on a short week going back home. So, yeah, I like the spot to back the Bengals and rule the jungle. The Cincinnati Bengals came roaring back. All right, for my second pick and the third overall of the Week 8 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with... The ultimate falling knife this week, the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> plus one. Where are we sitting at? Yep, plus one. Plus one at home against the Minnesota Vikings. What what has happened the past five weeks? I've went over it last week with the Lions. Lions rolling, won four in a row against nobodies. All right, we're MVP, Goff, one seed. We're winning, winning in division. We go back all the way to the Dolphins beating the Broncos. They're unstoppable. They get blown out by the Bills. What's happened to the Bills since... You know, they should have lost three straight. Go to the 49ers. They blow out the Cowboys. Stay undefeated. Oh, undefeated season. Purdy MVP. They've lost to P.J. Walker and Kirk Cousins. Well, who beat them? Kirk Cousins and Minnesota on Monday night. So short week here, which doesn't help Minnesota's case. But uh, I think that Minnesota's getting too much love after that win. I think a lot of it had to do with the mistakes that San Francisco made. And if you look at net success rate, I think San Francisco had like a plus 15% net success rate. Minnesota Cousins played really well. So did Addison. And they just had a ton of explosives. Not really the most sustainable offense. They're not really running the ball. They're just dropping back and throwing it a ton. That's not really how you want to attack 
this Green Bay defense, for what it's worth, Jair Alexander practiced today. He'll be matched up on Addison. That's big. Still no Justin Jefferson. And this Green Bay team has been bad, but they've been just inconsistent, mostly, which you would expect with a young, inexperienced quarterback. One of the wildest stats that you'll see is the Green Bay's offense, if you just look at EPA per play, success rate, they're dead last in the NFL in the first half. They're number one in the second half. Just completely bizarre. Um, and it's not like they've just been coming back from huge deficits the whole season. I mean, they've, you know, and, and getting a ton of garbage time touchdowns. They've lost three games by a combined seven points. Three of their four losses they led in the fourth quarter. So um, this offense is like shown flashes. They've. All, I also just think in general, this is the buy point on Green Bay. While you're selling Minnesota after a huge win that I, I don't think it had a lot to do with what, uh, this Minnesota team is. I think it had more to do with kind of the San Francisco injuries and, and mistakes. And I think this is a good matchup for Green Bay. You're coming back home. Minnesota, what Minnesota's doing is they're blitzing a ton. They're blitzing 58% of the time under Brian Flores. The next highest, I think, is like 42% because the Giants. That's an enormous gap. Well, Jordan Love's actually been really good against the blitz this, this season. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I think he doesn't have to think as much getting the ball quick. They're not really throwing it downfield that much. They want to run the ball, short passes. Well, guess what? You could do that against Minnesota. 25th in success rate against the run. Maybe you get a more Aaron Jones this week. There's been a ton of offensive line injuries, injuries at the skill positions, injuries on defense. So this is a, a Green Bay team that's suffered a lot of close losses. Jordan Love's been inconsistent, as you would expect. But they're starting to get healthier. I think this is a good matchup. It's a good time to sell Minnesota. So I am going with the Green Bay Packers as a home dog. And, yeah, I like the matchup. I like the spot. I like the situation. And with Jair Alexander back, that was kind of what pushed me over the top. He didn't play last week. One of the many injuries that they've had. He's obviously so important to everything that defense wants to do. You could still run on them at will, and they don't really change or adjust. But Minnesota can't and doesn't run the ball at all. And I know you are high in the Packers coming into the year, I'm starting to think that this team is just not well coached. You know, I know LaFleur has the underdog record, but I, I'm thinking a lot of it was Rodgers because a lot of the decisions I'm seeing, you know, this has been an issue for, for years now, you know, not giving Jones especially enough touches and not running the ball enough. And like Jordan Love, even the things that like when I watch him on film, a lot of the things that he messes up on, it's like simple things like not having his shoulders and feet squared in the same direction to where he to his target and think you know like it's things that you could easily coach these guys up and for them to come out that flat off the bye against denver i man i mean i i'm, I'm starting to really question this coach's staff uh, joe barry like bringing him back i don't know man but uh, i agree i mean these are two mediocre teams like green bay is not as bad as they look minnesota is not as good as they look so uh I like the spot here it's reversal we used to always fade uh Fade the pack in these spots. And now, yep. <laughs> now fading the Vikes. Enough of that. Let's go to my second pick, the fourth overall of the week eight Sunday six pack. I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens minus eight and a half at the Arizona Cardinals. Usually I'd be like, all right, Ravens letdown spot. They could have a letdown spot, in my opinion, here and still cover this number. I have this at 10 and a half. So it's just too much value for me to pass That's up. That's what like, I make. This, yeah, like this is just 
a mismatch. I'll take any motherfucker's money if he giving it away. Baltimore is number one team overall in DVOA. The Cardinals are 28th. And Baltimore's top five offense, a top two defense, really probably the top best defense in the league by a lot of metrics. I mean, especially after we saw what happened to Cleveland last week. But Arizona, their one saving grace, because they're bottom two on defense, they're 31st. Their one saving grace this year has been, their offense has been mediocre on paper, 16th in DVOA. But that's misleading because, and this tends to happen, and you've talked about this a lot. When you have these backup caliber quarterbacks, the longer they play, the worse it gets. The more, you know, it, it just they just start getting figured out. You can't scheme and play call around them uh, as much anymore. And defenses just, you know, got kind of figured out. And Josh Dobbs, against a tougher schedule earlier in the year, you know, first four games, six six 6.6 yards in attempt, Four touchdowns, no picks. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals were, you know, above average offense, EPA, DVOA, all that stuff. Last three games, Dobbs, 5.2 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, three picks. Arizona dead last in EPA per play, dead last in success rate. Uh, They've been getting blown out by multiple scores uh, in every game over their last four games. And, you know, so that Dallas game is just looking more and more like a mirage and you know it was just Dallas didn't show up remember everyone was yeah. like oh the, the Cardinals might be no, better than no, we thought uh, they've lost by 19 14, 14 17 and, and 10. 10 since yeah and I again sometimes in these spots and every situation is different as a better you're looking at a team like all right team lost four straight you know time to jump on board falling knife I think the knife is going to continue falling like this because this Raven team is just hitting its stride now. This Raven team, even though they just blew out Detroit, they still need to keep winning games because, as I mentioned, you got three teams uh, above 500 in this division. And then the Bengals are in last place and we know they're dangerous. Uh, And Baltimore, you know, finally got the offensive line healthy. Finally got all the receivers healthy. Finally got, you know, the secondary healthy. So I just I think Baltimore's peaking at the right time. Arizona is just falling deeper and deeper into that team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, which is the worst team in the league. And listen, their other two losses by four and by three, but that was the commanders and the giants. And those two teams we know are two of the worst teams in the league. So they also were up 28, nothing on the giants. Right. Exactly. And still, yeah. So they played, you know, that one, one and a half decent games really um you know i'm not even like that that washington game that was just how doing how things but uh this ravens team i th- i mean we could get we could get stalled every time in the red zone we could just go like five tucker field goals and win like 15 to three here i don't really expect arizona to do much on offense. it's just unsustainable you know the line is 23rd in pass blocking 26 graded out uh in run blocking your two of your top three receivers are 180 pounds uh, five seven and five nine. You don't really have size, even though I like Marquise Brown and, and, and Rondell Moore is, is fun sometimes. And you, you lost Ertz, so you lost a veteran there. But and even Connor, I think usually running backs don't mean anything. But James Connor was averaging five point four yards a carry. He graded out as third best running back in the league at PFF. He's explosives too, right? But th- think about this, and this is full season numbers. Connor's five point four yards a carry is higher than Josh Dobbs's net yards per pass attempt. Every time Dobbs drops back, he averages 5.2 yards. And that's full season. That's with the good start. That's with the first four weeks included. Dobbs is averaging 5.2 
uh, net yards every time he passes. So James Conner for this specific team is a big loss. Uh, but Ravens are stopping a run. They're stopping the pass. They're stopping everything. And on, on for defensively for Arizona, it's just there's there's no real talent there. So now they've what they've done lately is they've just kind of sat back in zones. They're not really doing anything exotic. And uh, can't do that against Lamar. Yeah, you can't. Like they're not blitzing. They're blitzing at the fourth lowest rate. And I said that couple, la- I said that last yeah. week against the Lions. Lions don't blitz. Yep. Lamar's been the best quarterback in the NFL. And season up blitz. Arizona and Detroit basically blitz at the same frequency. Yep. Bottom five. 8.3 yards in attempt is fourth when not blitz for Lamar. Five touchdowns, one pick, 112 passer rating, uh, 87 when blitz. So huge difference uh, in efficiency for Lamar. But even if, like, if you blitz him, like, now you got the healthy receivers. Uh, and you, if you, you're blitzing, you're going to be playing some man coverage, so Lamar's still going to be able to make plays. Like I, I, this, on a fast this track, yeah, his legs it, could be. Yeah, this is yeah, this, this is just a mismatch. I just started laughing while you were going through this because I agree. Like on the surface, now the Ravens are that team that I'm maybe looking to fade mm-hmm. um, if they blow out Arizona here because you're going to start to hear my Lamar MVP ticket is definitely live, but you'll start to hear more about that. Ravens one seed, Ravens Super Bowl. Their offense was due for a, bl- a couple explosions so you might get another one here and it's a good matchup and this Arizona team's just dreadful it's a knife that I don't want to catch uh as of this moment maybe we'll see down the line but yeah I think this is a really good matchup for Baltimore they're peaking at the right time but they win by like 30 here the time to fade them next week at home against the Browns uh oh baby so <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to call an emergency meeting before we let you uh well you pick first next week so maybe you, <laughs> yeah. you will take take that uh, game the ravens have faced like backups golf outdoors you know injured quarterbacks bad offensive line situations you know stroud in his first start this is another one Dobbs. uh they could get another one next week with walker yeah i'm looking for a spot to potentially fade the ravens in this defense when the matchup warrants it this one does not we always talk about how we don't like Lamar as a favorite, but I actually looked. So when he's favored by eight or more, 10 and nine against the spread in his career, seven and four when the opponent averages 20 and a half points per game or less. So not, not necessarily terrible uh, again as a, as a big favorite here, but uh, yeah, where are you going for your yep. third? All right. For my third pick and the fifth overall of the week eight Sunday six pack, I'm going with the Denver Broncos plus seven at home against the Kansas city chiefs. I would shop around. I played some seven minus one fifteen. I would shop. I would get bet up to minus one twenty. You know, these keeping the Chiefs just by, by winning by seven, I think, is a potentially decent sized probability of an outcome here. But I'll keep this simple. We know that the Chiefs, as a favorite of over a field goal, have not had much success historically. They play with their food right a lot of times, and they just come out and they don't take these teams too serious. You don't get the full arsenal of the Andy Reid playbook. And this would be the perfect spot for that. They just blew out the Chargers. They have the Dolphins and Eagles on deck. Like there's just no reason to show a lot here. Super sleepy spot against a team you just played two weeks ago, which I think favors the underdog, the, the team that they're more inclined to make some adjustments. And I think the adjustments here are pretty simple. Run the fucking ball. Uh, they average five yards per carry. They only ran it, ran it 20 times. Run the ball. Run it down their throats. Control the clock. We've seen Denver do this before. Uh, I think they'll move it more. It's going to be freezing. It's going to be 20 degrees in this game. The offensive line is trending up. They're starting to play better, get more familiar with what 
Peyton wants to do. And Javante Williams now looks like he's 100% healthy. Feed him the ball. Feed it to him. And don't stop. And then give Russell Wilson some play-action shots. Um, you know, Chiefs also will be missing Nick Bolton, who matters. And the Broncos' defense is trending up. This defense was trending towards being a historically bad unit that couldn't stop a nosebleed. The last two weeks, you know, they shut out the Packers in the first half, held them to 17 points. They held the Chiefs to, who were kind of playing around with their food again, to what, 21, 22 points in that game. Why have they been – I mean, look, I, I honestly think Vance Joseph was on – what's the date? I, I don't know, a 40-day bender. I don't know what he was doing with this defense. But last week – or excuse me, two weeks ago, they finally made some schematic changes in how they were bringing the blitz. And most importantly, last week, they finally, finally benched Amari Mathis, who didn't play. Uh, he's been the worst corner in the NFL by far. and. When you have Patrick Sertain on the other end, other side, what's going to happen? You're going to throw at the other corner a lot. And when you have the worst corner in the league, that's a problem. So you got Fabian Moreau in there, who's serviceable. He's not elite, but he's not Tamari Mathis. So they benched Mathis finally. They're also getting healthier just in general. DJ Jones is back. Browning is back. So this defense is a little better overall. And they made some schematic changes. They benched Tamari Mathis, which is just massive. Chiefs offense still. I mean, look, I mean, maybe Travis Kelsey catches 37 balls uh, again, but it's still not firing on all cylinders. This is a spot usually the Chiefs kind of sleepwalk through. Uh, I, I like Denver catching a touchdown or more. But shop around, I, I would buy buy that 7.5 up to minus 120. I thought it was really concerning just how Russ looked at in that last matchup against the Chiefs. Like, yes, they, Denver should be able to run the ball, but – at some point against Mahomes, you're gonna have to throw to be able to get in the back door or whatnot. Um, do you think? Do you think Russ and, and that pass offense could get anything going? I think he had like 95 yards in the in the in the Thursday night game. Yeah, it was pathetic. Hopefully, Peyton makes some tweaks. I mean, it's a defense you just faced. I think Bolton had a huge game and he's out, but I'm not like expecting a big game from Russ here. But I think that they they're the team that's probably going to make more changes and show more. You know, home hype spot. This is pretty much the Broncos Super Bowl this year, trying to end that long losing streak to the Chiefs. I don't think they beat them in almost 10 years. So you should get a max effort here. I, Peyton will probably have a good script, make a couple adjustments, but lean on the run game, shorten the game, and the defense has been better. Yeah, hopefully Russ can hit a couple throws. Jesus. You probably won't have Sean Payton calling a three-point timeout for Kansas City this time. Yeah, three-point timeout. <laughs> then the Chiefs won that game. Look, I mean, the Chiefs were just minus 10 and a half at home they won on a short 11. week. They weren't able to run the clock out late. Uh, Mahomes took an awful sack, and they usually do that. So they got three there, and they got three because Payton took an awful timeout. So that's the only reason they covered by it. I mean, I had some plus 11. I, I fortunately pushed. Um, but that's, you know, this line has gone from, just 10 and a half with the Chiefs at home to seven, seven and a half at Denver. I think this should be, this line should be six and a half. I think that's where it closes. All right. Wrap it up. My third pick, the sixth overall of the week eight Sunday six pack. We're going to get ugly here. Let's go with the Cleveland Browns plus three and a half at the Seattle Seahawks. And this is one where we're just going to have to rely on some defense to get us there, but I I want to fade Seattle in this spot, and I think this is a good matchup for it because when you look at the, the Seahawks' offense, right, 
what you need to do against Seattle that no one's really been able to do so far this year because they played a clown schedule for the most part outside of uh, Detroit is play is just man up, man up on them. And when you do that, that's when this offense is really going to struggle. That's when Geno Smith is going to struggle. Seattle is last in yards per attempt against man coverage this year. Uh, and they are top three against zone. They literally are averaging more than double yards per attempt uh, against zone than against man, 9.4 to 4.3. Cleveland plays man at a top three rate. They have the corners to do it. And just to show how shaky this passing game has been, uh, you know, when you can man up their receivers, you essentially, it, it, it's going to be the Lockett and Metcalf show. Metcalf is banged up. But Seattle tight ends, if you know, they play three of them and, and they tend to be involved. Seattle tight ends have combined for one catch for minus one yard against man coverage this year. We've, we've played seven games now, uh, six, seven games. So it, this, I think this Cleveland defense can lock up the Seattle receivers, at least make Geno Smith hold the ball. Their first in quarterback knockdowns, their fifth in pressure rate. Geno goes from a 78% completion rate. Uh, and 8.7 yards in attempt clean to 52% completion rate and 5.1 yards in attempt under pressure. Seattle's offensive line is 27th, pass blocking efficiency. And this Seattle team, and, and Cleveland's really half a team right now because it's just defense. And I, I know they you know, gave up some explosives to the Colts, but they also found a way to stay in that game um, by making some plays on defense as well. But Seattle's play, faced the easiest schedule, period, by DVOA in the league. I mean, you face Carolina, the Giants at the peak of their 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 injury issues. Uh, you know, you you just you faced the the Rams on, in Week One, and you did you got blown out by them. You faced the Bengals with still a banged up Burrow, and you had like eight chances to get in the end zone, couldn't do it. Then you faced the Cardinals last week, and it was a one possession game to late in the fourth quarter, which is very concerning if you're Seattle. And going back, and you've talked about this, Stuck. Going back, you know, they started six and three last year. Uh, and since they're under 500 and their wins since then, you know, since that six and three start uh, were, you know, the Rams twice, once with Wolford, once with Mayfield, Mike both White. By, by, both by a field goal. Yeah, by three and four. And one was in overtime. The Mike White Jets was their, their biggest win. Uh, then this year, Detroit in overtime with a three nothing turnover edge. So, you know, probably, you know, you play that game a hundred times. Seattle's not winning that game. More, you know, Seattle's losing that game more often than not. And then you beat Carolina, the Giants, and Arizona. So Seattle has beat nobody in a year, really, except Detroit. And that was a game that, you know, if you play it out, like, you know, larger sample, you probably don't win that game more than you lose it. Cleveland, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Cleveland is this juggernaut. You know, PJ Walker is terrible. But if you look at the last two weeks, they found a way to win games or, and even if, you know, that San Francisco makes that field goal, they, they still lose by what? Two points. Even if the Colts end up, you know, uh, you know, hanging Without around that like, penalty. Yeah. Right. Like there's, they're still hanging close in these games talking about one, two point margins. We're getting three in the hook here. And, you know, you beat a San Francisco team. That's still a quality team. I know they were banged up, but you know, still impressive win with PJ Walker, thanks to the defense. And then last week you give up, you know, ridiculous amounts of explosives to the coast. It happens, you know, no defense is going to remain perfect over the f- full year. Um, and the Colts are kind of catching people off guard. I mean, I, I, I know I've had some 
uh, erroneous handicaps with the Colts games, you know, betting against them, betting on their unders, things like that. So the Colts are catching people off guard. Uh, but Seattle, again, I, I just think this defense, the book is out on them. And on on offense, I just think, you know, it's kind of a wash, right? It, Cleveland's defense can make Seattle's offense essentially like a PJ Cleveland's Walker. offense. Right. So now yeah. you're just talking, you're giving me three and a hook in, in Cleveland's, you know, even the games that they are, uh, you know, kind of coming down to it, they're, they have one bad game and it's with DTR. That was a DTR start. Uh, Walker's at least keeping a minute. And, you know, you had that, they should be five and one, but you had that game against Pittsburgh where Pittsburgh scores two defensive touchdowns. So I think this is a step up, even with PJ Walker, this is a step up in class for a Seattle team that's faced the worst or easiest, I should say, uh, strength of schedule in the league. So it's ugly, but we're getting three in the hook. Uh, so let's go with the Cleveland Browns and, and hope Miles Garrett and company find a way to get us a, a score and some turnovers. Yeah, I like I like this now that you're getting the hook with uh, what I think is the best defense in the league, and I expect them to bounce back after last week. It was more about explosiveness, not efficiency. This is a good matchup for the Cleveland defense. I mean, look, I've been mean, taking the three and a half with a total that's plummeting. I don't know if it's at 38 now. Uh, that's the move here. Probably comes down to, like, who makes a mistake. I completely agree. And looking back at uh, – well, I don't know if you want to recap, then we can look at our quarterbacks, because at least you got Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Because the quarterbacks I'm rolling with are Mac Jones, Jordan Love, and Russell Wilson. Vintage. Back to my roots. By the way, my Jordan Love uh, lead the league in interceptions ticket is still alive. He's in third. He's tied for third with seven. Hurts probably not going to continue leading the league in picks. So I'm still alive with uh, Is your Fields MVP ticket live? You made fun of me, but a hilarious stat about Justin Fields is he still leads the league. In touchdown rate. Start the I, hey, I'm just saying, I'm just spitting facts, bro. I'm just spitting facts. Just spitting facts. But uh, that's going to do it for the Week 8 Sunday six-pack. Stuck has the Patriots plus nine and a half, the Packers plus one, and the Broncos plus seven. I got the Bengals plus three and a half, the Ravens minus eight and a half, and the Browns plus three and a half. Now it's time for our coaches pep talk. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. So depressed, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm sick of watching you guys play. This week's Coach's Pep Talk comes to us from the 2010 film The Town, and we're dedicating it to Matt Jones. I saw our producer tweet this out. This is basically what Bill Belichick will say to Matt Jones after week 18. Oh, Jesus. Look. Let me put it to you this way. I'm putting this whole fucking town in my review. Who the fuck you think you are? You aren't letting me and not letting me do shit. All right? Here's a little fucking cheat sheet for you. It's never going to be me and you. All right? You got it? Get that in your fucking head. I'm tired of your one-way fucking bullshit. If you want to see me again, come down and visit me in Florida. Stuck, you and I know more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets... Ticketmaster's got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure that you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game days a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app 
to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Time for our favorite totals of the week. Uh, you hit last week. I did not. My my under was crushed pretty much in the first quarter. Uh, but um, on the year, we're combined nine and five on totals. So uh, it's been a good year so far for the pod. I will go first. And I'm going Eagles, Commanders under 43 and a half. And this is just a cap of the Eagles and their play style, especially on the road. You know, I think they're going to bleed clock here. They had a high scoring game against Washington in the first one, but usually in these division games, second matchup is tighter. And usually you can expect, you know, things to kind of shift, you know, in the first game, I think Washington scored an opening possession. And I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think it's going to be a lot tighter defensively for Philly. And then they're going to run the ball uh, on the other side on the road. Their totals, 45, 36, 37, 34. At home, 62-65-48. So they definitely tend to pour it on a little bit more at home. Uh, you know, We'll see if uh, Bayard plays this week, but nice trade for them. Howie Roseman continues to just make uh, great, great moves to, to help the team. And you know, with Blankenship out, that's going to be a good long-term move. But Bayard, one of the better safeties in the league. But uh, also, in addition to Philly and their play style, leading to an under, Sam Howell, I don't know what was up with Philly's defense in that first matchup, but I think they could get pressure on how we saw what how uh, you know what what he kind of gets into when when there's pressure. And the Giants aren't even a great. I mean, they 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 have to blitz to bring pressure, but um, you know it was just sack after sack after sack. And Washington went one of fifteen on third downs. Now you got to face a much more talented Philly defense that doesn't even need to to blitz necessarily to get as much pressure. They're getting healthier on the back end. Uh, with the with the corners at least, you got Carl Cheffers referee in this game. Only two defensive pass interference calls all season long for Cheffers. So uh, he tends to let defensive backs be a little bit handsy, which is always good for uh, an under because you know it's like an explosive play if you get a deep pass interference call. Cheffers, uh, same number of OPIs called this year as DPI. Yeah, well, he loves OPIs. Yep, and he's only called one rough in the passer too, so he's probably going to be hitting Howell a lot. So you know that that also is good. So uh, like the referee matchup in this one, and you know Jalen Hurts, I don't think he's hurt, uh, no pun intended, but he did exit that uh, Miami that Sunday night game with a knee brace. Now he's on a short week, uh, division game. You know should be should be hard hitting. So you know if, if Philadelphia can get a lead here. I don't think this is a game, as we've seen with them on the road, I don't think this is a game where they want to pour it on. You know, he, he had 21 yards on 11 carries last week, so the, the rushing might not be there for, for him. So I think you see a lot of DeAndre Swift in this game, and I think they learned from their mistakes, you know, in giving up 31 to Washington in that first meeting and uh, and short things up. And if uh, when in doubt, Cheffers should be able to help us out his unders in outdoor games uh since 2020 24 and 14 63% uh so going with this commanders eagles nfc east under 
yeah, I like this one. I also like the Commanders. I'm hoping to get a seven. This is just a great spot for them. They were embarrassed last week. You're hearing all the right things. I think they come out with an inspired effort against a team that if Paddleboat Ron goes for two, they could have beat in Philly. And they've played Philly tough. Yeah, they won in Philly Philly. last year. Yep, yep. I'm going to go for my favorite total. I don't know what is going on, but I just I I'm picking an over every week. I guess I'm, I have a winning record, but it's not great. I think I feel like it's the year of the under, and I'd like it now. I'm liking overs when I generally like unders, but I I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans over 43 and a half. Chop around if you can find a 43 key number. See if you can do that. As always, just with every bet, chop around, try to get the best number, have as many outs as you can. You know this time. This is the time of year starting now. Going through, like the as always, buy low, sell high, have my numbers to account for. And then also, this is when I start to, okay, what does the market maybe not accounting for enough? With the Broncos, it might be some of the defensive changes that they made. The Patriots, it's the offensive line, the schematic changes they made on offense. With this, there's a couple things. One, you have two rookie quarterbacks in with new staffs in new offensive schemes that are coming off of a buy. I think that's super valuable. Time to reset. Okay, let's adjust. What are we doing well? What are we not? Just a really, a really beneficial time to kind of digest what went right and what went wrong. CJ Shots played well right off the bat. Um, I so like there's not even that much he can improve on. The Texans had a ton of offensive line injuries too while he was doing that, which is amazing. So I don't expect Houston to have too much trouble with a bad Carolina defense. But the other side is where the other side of the ball is where I think that there's even more value with this over is the Carolina offense has been dreadful, especially if you remove the game when Andy Dalton started. Bryce Young's just looked too small in the pocket. The game's looked too fast for him, but he's actually showed some flashes the past couple of weeks but before the bye. But most importantly, Frank Wright gave up play calling duties against Miami in their game before the bye. They went super fast and they were one of the slowest teams in the NFL prior to that. And their offensive coordinator from the McVay tree like tempo, by the way, Bryce Young also likes like tempo at Alabama. They led the NFL no huddle rate that week. Now, part of that is they were playing from behind, but they also were up 14 nothing in that game. We're using tempo right off the bat. So I expect them, they were one of the slowest teams. I expect them to be significantly faster. I expect Young to continue to improve, be a little better after the bye. And I think that this offense can have success against uh, a Houston defense. It's decent, but it's not an, an elite unit. So I think this has the potential to turn into like rookie versus rookie narrative shootout. So I think there's there's some value here. Also, you're just getting some suppressed totals across the board because of the success that unders have had to start the season. Yeah, I, I like this over. I think this should be 45 plus. Yeah, I love this as well. Um, you know, when you look at Houston, Stroud's obviously been great. You know, offensive line getting healthier. The two things Houston has struggled with, running the ball and converting touchdowns in the red zone. Well, Carolina is the worst run defense by DVOA yeah. and Carolina bottom three in red zone defense. Uh, this was probably going to be my play if if it wasn't for Eagles jump on this one as well. If you just look historically, when you have uh, rookie quarterbacks coming off of a bye, the over has been over 60%. So over the last couple of decades, so you know, the trends kind so of that fits up. my so narrative. Love this just, one. Yeah, yep. it being yep. beneficial. Our totals have been good, <laughs> and we can stay on brand. You with the ugly under, and me with my newfound love for overs. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a great one. Under forty three and a half, Philly, Washington, over forty three and a half, 
Carolina, Houston. Let's go to our favorite teasers of the week. Oh, yeah. Six point teasers. If you don't want me to. Combined uh, 11 and 3 on teasers, so another good year uh, for us in that category as well. If you're unfamiliar with teasers, it's when you essentially get an extra allotment of points to parlay two or more spread bets. Usually it's six points. Uh, so we do a six point two team teaser here. And that would mean if, for example, you have an eight point favorite, they become a two point favorite, an eight point underdog becomes a 14 point underdog stuck has a lot of content where he explains exactly how you want to tease you know going through the key numbers of the three and the seven so google stucky teasers uh, and you can find that but uh where are you going stuck for week eight uh let's go with two pieces that are going to go through three and seven i'm going to go with the giants teasing them from plus two and a half to they're three plus, so it's it'll be just three to nine. nine uh and then the and then I'm going to tease the Chargers down from minus eight and a half to minus two and a half. Both games don't have too high of totals either, which you also like. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to play for the Giants. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I now have the Giants rated higher with Tyrod Taylor. Um, he's and Daniel Jones making eight times what Tyrod Taylor makes. That contract's going to go down as one of the worst in NFL history. I mean, but, they have it out after. Next year, so it's it's really a two year deal, but yeah, Tyrod Taylor is an eight percent lower sack rate on the same pressure percentage. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Daniel Jones, two touchdowns, six interceptions. Past two seasons, Jones one point five percent big time throw rate. Taylor six point eight percent. Like he's not taking the sacks. He's making bigger time throws, and he's not making mistakes. Tyrod Taylor is top five all time among qualified quarterbacks in lowest interception rate. I think he's third as the third lowest behind Rodgers and Brissett, I actually think is number two. So he's not making the mistakes. He's even he's a little bit even more mobile. He, he hasn't lost his confidence. And then you also have Barkley back. So this Giants team's playing a lot better. And it's Zach Wilson. So, I mean, Zach Wilson's going to win by double digits. Come on. Giants easy pick here with a super low total. And then I'm going to go with the Chargers. Look, Tyson Bajan, it's a, it's a fun story. He beat the Raiders. I mean, he threw it like 30 times for 150 yards. That's what the Raiders give you. He doesn't have a strong arm. The Raiders can't throw the ball. They had Brian Hoyer. But you can attack this Bears secondary. Chargers should bounce back. Chargers have been extremely unlucky. Look, they haven't been great, but I think this is the buy point for them. If you're also looking for a future, I think Chargers to make the playoffs, this is the bottom point for them. They can get like plus 190, plus 200. Uh, I mean, they've had one of the hardest schedules in the NFL. They've lost, what, three games by seven? points. I believe they lost in overtime at Tennessee. They lost by two to the Dolphins. They lost by three to the Cowboys and then lost to Kansas City. And now if you look at their schedule, it gets easy. So I think the Chargers are about to go on a run here. I think they get this done against Tyson Bajan, the bad Bears defense. They should have enough to win this game. So Chargers Giants. I'm going to go Baltimore to two and a half and then Kansas City to one here just so we don't have both of our teasers relying on the Chargers who could Eat, like they could easily still like win like by one point or something yeah, end up fair. chartering so uh you I already talked about how much I love Baltimore and I know you like Denver in this spot but I, I still trust KC to to get a, a win here uh they are 29 and 
with Mahomes starting, they're 29 and three against the AFC West, including 12 and 0 against Denver straight up. I Mahomes is also 19 and 0, including the postseason away from home, neutral or road games, straight up as a favorite of five or more points. Never lost a game. Beast. Yeah. So that uh, that gives me even more confidence you know, to take him as a teaser spot uh, here. So uh, I will do that. So you got Chargers. Eight and a half down to two and a half, and Giants three to nine. I got Ravens eight and a half down to two and a half, and Chiefs seven down to one. As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION, A C T I O N, when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, time for our underdog money line parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. You pulled ahead of me again with your third hit last week with the Bears. Wasn't really ever in doubt. Uh, and uh, going on the road against tougher competition hasn't looked great for Miami this year. So it's back to the drawing board. Where are you going for week eight? Well, last week we went with a quarterback making his debut. What, why did I like that? Just the variance. Playing a backup quarterback. Well, same thing here. Desmond Ritter is a backup quarterback. So we're going against him. And the Falcons, who just like, even if they look good, they still just try to give away games. Uh, and we're going to go with Will Levis. So I don't, I'm not a believer in, but I've never pretended to be uh, a quarterback evaluator. I don't think anyone really is that can nail it. So you're going to get Levis. You'll probably get some Willis, a lot of variants in this game. Tennessee could still defend the run. You want to attack their secondary. Uh, Ritter's looked a little better of late, but uh, going on the road here, Tennessee off a of bye. Vrabel is a dog. Yeah, let's go with the Titans. Yeah, I was I was tempted to just make them one of my picks, but yeah, I, and I still might I still might because uh, you know you have Ritter on the road. I mean, how many times did Desmond Ritter come this close to and then essentially hand the Bucks the game last week? And he <laughs> still, I mean, you're talking about that that fumbling at the one inch line, like who who does that? But uh, yeah, so I mean, this is a winnable. Like you could have. 2022 Malik Willis or Josh Dobbs, and this is still a winnable game for yeah. the Titans. Vrabel is a dog. Yeah, it so. is a problem. Like the one thing that worries me is Atlanta's run D mm-hmm. has been legit. I think they're number one in EPA per rush allowed. Um, facing the Bucks, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But like, you want to attack Atlanta through the air. It's like they're gonna have to make some throws. This game, I might bet the under in this game too. This game should be ugly. I will go. Uh, with the good old fashioned uh, Tomlin home dog spot against the Jags, inconsistent Trevor Lawrence. They're not giving us the three here, and you know Steelers kind of a letdown spot to be honest. I mean, you know, unfortunately they didn't, you know, they couldn't hold that. Uh, they, uh, I mean, the Rams couldn't hold that lead against the Steelers last week, and it kind of came apart in the fourth quarter. Well, they finally cut Brett Maher. Well, that was shocker. Yeah, that didn't Naher. work out. Brett Naher. Uh, yeah, my guy I mean, Naher. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, he's. But I mean, I can't even pronounce the new kicker's name. Like Havercheckers. I don't even. I don't even know how to pronounce. He's on that the, one. I think he was on the Browns, right? Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. Preseason rosters and whatnot. But I digress. Uh, we're going Steelers here, and basically, we know that 
Mike Tomlin and this Steeler team. Great as underdogs, great as home underdogs. Tomlin, Six, home dog voodoo. Like that's all yep, I gotta say. Yep. Go get like 16 a D touchdown. Sixteen and nine, straight up. Sixty four percent is a home dog. Like that's unreal. Like remember, underdogs win. You know what? Thirty five percent of the time, on average, something like that. Thirty thirty five. Like mm-hmm. he's winning sixty. He's winning as much as he's supposed to lose. Straight up, win this game, bro. Win this game. And as a underdog from Acto- from October on, regardless of location. 37 and 28, 57%. If you bet on the Steelers, since Mike Tomlin took over, every time they were a money line dog from October on, you would have a 44% ROI. Just unreal. So we're going Steelers plus uh, 120 here. And for the Jaguars, you know, they're kind of riding high, but you and I talk about this all the time. Jaguars are a tough team to handicap because we know they have the talent. Uh, we know Trevor Lawrence is great. But they're just inconsistent. And yep. right now, you know, they have four straight wins. Seems like uh, time for a letdown. So both of these teams are due for a letdown. But the Jaguars, I guess, are due for a bigger letdown. So we're going Steelers, money line plus 120. Carly that with the Titans, plus 125. And you get odds of plus 395. That is going to do it for our money line underdog parlay. And... Well, stuck. Some NFL coaches are already on the hot seat, which means the NFL season must be in full swing. And you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals during this crazy time. So let our sponsor, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track as you gamble your way into winter. With Factor, you skip the extra trip to the grocery store, along with chopping, prepping, cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to fading rookie quarterbacks on the road or backing Mac Jones for the third week in a row, whatever you like to do. Our listeners can head to factormeals.com slash action network pod 50 and use code action network pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code action network pod 50 at factormeals.com slash action network pod 50 to get 50% off. And finally, we've got the best of the rest games that we have not covered in any other segment but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. And before we get into the Saints-Colt game, did you get a chance to see that Jaguars-Saints game on Thursday night? Yeah. Or would you? All right. Yeah. I, you know, I, for the longest time, people have been saying, you know, Al Michaels, they've been complaining about him. I'm one of those people that I love just, monotone unexcited football announcer i've watched enough football that i don't need people getting excited but i thought that might have been al michael's worst game that he's ever done like it was noticeable like i mean the the, the christian kirk touchdown when he was like ah oh, did he step out like just never he didn't get excited for anything he missed like a ton of calls like did you what did you think of al in that one al's done i love him legend but someone's gotta take him out behind the shed <laughs> the old yeah, yeller. <laughs> old yeller. Yeah, the old, old yeller. yeller old yeller. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Al. Um, all right. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, yeah. Saints at the Colts. 
Colts favored by a point total, 43 and a half. This is another sneaky over, I, I think, you know, fast track. Colts have just been shattering dreams. They, I mean, really, I they feel play like, really fast, too. Yep, they play really fast. Minch is terrible under pressure, but he's hitting enough explosives to make it all work somehow. And, uh, you know, they're throwing the ball down the field. And then on the other side, I feel like this is that Gus Bradley cover three. So if the Saints are ever going to wake up on offense, I think kind of woke up for a quarter in Jackson, uh, against Jacksonville, but the Saints are ever going to wake up, you know, it's cover three defense. You can, you can kind of throw deep down the sidelines and, 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 and have some spaces in there. So I just sneaky over. What do you think? Yeah. Don't mind that. You also have like an, a mini buy for the Saints. The offense started to maybe figure some things out late to new scheme for Carr. can work on some things with an extended break, but I mean, I make this, I don't know, right around a pick. So unless it gets to three, no interest. Yeah, Saints are just, I mean, consistently underperforming. I, I mean, I talked about this coming into the year. This is why, like the uh, Falcons over the Saints for this division. And, you know, I mean, it's actually not looking too bad right now. But, uh, yeah, the Saints team just not – I don't think they're very well coached. Uh, I think that Carmichael scheme is, is pretty pretty shaky, and uh, I don't think Carr is doing them any favors. Uh, so, yeah, I would – I mean – yeah, I, I I don't want any. I honestly don't want any part of the Saints uh, in this game. Even you know, I know I know that you know if they get to three, okay, this coach team has kind of been overachieving. But this coach team just really tough. You know, new coach still kind of learning about what this team is. Uh, you know, I, I kind of I don't want to really fade the fade the Colts anymore for now. I just kind of want to lay off and keep observing. Rams at the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by six and a half. Total is 45 and a half. Uh, you know, there would be times where I would look at the Rams in this spot, but it, another team that's just, I don't know. It, 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 something's a little off with the Rams. I mean, what did you see? I know you had your eye on that game uh, against uh, against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, but last, I, I would bet them again in that spot. I mean, they missed two field goals. Yeah. They missed an extra point, threw a pick at the, their own 10 that got returned to the three that led to points. You know, they outgained the Steelers 355 to 300. They averaged close to six yards per play. Just Steelers voodoo on the road. But, yeah, this is going to – I make this right on the side in total. If it got to seven, I'd maybe play the Rams small. It's going to come down to how – like the Cowboys should have success against the Rams defense. It's not a great unit. Coming off a bye, it's going to come down to and, – and Stafford should have success thrown against this Cowboys secondary. Love their receivers. I mean, some of the catches they're making too, and Cup also had a bunch of drops. Who's full yep. full Steelers voodoo was in effect last week. Um, it's going to come down to how much pressure can the Cowboys get before Stafford can throw, and that's basically the handicap. But I'm pretty on market here. If it gets to seven, I probably look around small. Yeah, no real feel, no real uh, play for me on this one. Um, just not don't really trust the Rams to put a complete game together. I just you know, I mean they've. They've gotten some in the division, but when they go outside the division, it's just not pretty. I mean, I was we were lucky to get that cover against the uh, against the Colts. You know, it took an overtime yeah. and a, you know, so it's just been a struggle. Some something's a little bit off. But if uh, for the people that are into trends, Sean McVay coach teams on the road coming off of a loss, twelve five and two seventy one percent against the spread. Sean McVay off a loss. Uh, as a dog or favored by seven or less. So almost every situation, unless they're massive favorites, uh, 20 and eight with three pushes. So 71% against the spread. 
Uh, and overall, 23 and 12 with three pushes, 66% against the spread off a loss, 2 0 and 1 against the spread this year. So, for what it's worth, this is the time to back the Rams. Uh, you know, Cowboys coming off the bye, though. I don't know. McCarthy, is that is that a good thing for them to kind of dig in, or is that just, you know, running in place? So cooking up some more first down runs. Uh off the middle. The same the same yeah. halfback draw, whatever you like I, I feel like I could call a better game when batter than than that. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. All right, so... It's all you. Yep. Uh, so went Washington in week one, then Giants, KC, San Francisco, Miami, Buffalo, Seattle. This week, I, I, I know a lot of people probably use the Chargers. I still think, like, of the eight-and-a-half-point favorites, I'd much rather have the... Ra- I know it's on the road for the Ravens, but the Chargers, I mean, so far, is not really not really getting much of a home field anyway there uh but i i mean you're talking about ravens eight and a half against the cardinals is just to me a much bigger mismatch than uh, just you know there's a lot more uncertainty i think with this bears team i mean you know maybe beige doesn't have to do much maybe you know they can run it again with foreman and keep the game close and, and hang around for one possession and then you never know so I, I feel better about the ravens uh glowing out the uh the cardinals and when you look at the ravens schedule even as good as they're they're playing. I don't really see another spot where I'd love to use them. I think they host the Rams. Yeah, they yeah. host the Rams in week 14 coming off a bye. So good spot, um, but it's only week uh, week eight, so you got to get there first. I don't really see a spot where I'd use the Chargers either. Uh, but, yeah, Ravens are – they host Seattle, host Cleveland, host Cincinnati the next three weeks at the Chargers, then host the Rams, which is probably the best spot remaining at Jacksonville, at San Francisco, host Miami, host Pittsburgh. Right. So yeah, you're really you're really not using the Ravens any other time unless it's that week 14 game, but you got to get there first. So yeah, Ravens this week. Let's go. Uh, Chargers right. like host the Broncos, host the Raiders. Um I mean host the Broncos. Yeah. They played the Broncos twice. The Broncos might have also blow up everything by then. Um and yeah. Yeah, so they got the Broncos twice, they got the Raiders. There's some chances to use the Chargers yeah. late. But, I mean, inherently, a team that tends to play down and up to the competition plays a lot of one-score games, i just rather avoid in survival Yeah, I'm period. saying you might need them yeah. late. Yo, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. There's, there's yeah. definitely some ch- time to use them. Yeah, whereas the Ravens, yeah. you're really probably talking about one other spot unless you have, like, a massive – uh, you know, some massive injuries uh, for their opponents. Yeah. But uh, that's going to be a wrap for us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back here every Thursday uh, all season long. You can hear more of me this week with my guy, Kerner, talking fantasy DFS and all that good stuff over on the Fantasy Flex Pod. And check out our Action Network Discord server if you want to chat directly. Link in the episode description. You can hear Stuck talking college ball over on Big Bets on Campus every Friday morning. And Stuck is on X at Stucky2. I'm at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles on a free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Let go. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.